This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely. Positively. FedEx. Airbnb. It's wedding season. Yes, it is. What's going on, baby? Alex and I just got invited to a beautiful venue for the wedding of a childhood buddy of mine. Lovely. Can't wait to hear about it. We got babysitters. We're all set to go. And the first thing that you did, Jack? Book a hotel for the wedding. Okay. Second thing that you did? List my place as available that weekend on Airbnb. Millions of people host on Airbnb, but millions more have never even thought about hosting. Here's the thing. We've said it's great to make money while you sleep. Actually, Warren Buffett said that. Well, when you're an Airbnb host, host, you make money while you sleep and while someone else sleeps. That's why anytime I'm traveling, I immediately jump into Airbnb and set my house as available. It's that easy. So Yetis, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by Audible, the home of storytelling. Protect her. That's from the opening chapter of The Last Thing He Told Me. Or is it protect her. It's Protector. Yeah, it's like that. It's, it's like a that. thrilling mystery my wife and I listened to on Audible. It actually got adapted into a TV show, but it was way more riveting as an audiobook, wasn't it, man? It's about a tech executive who disappears when his company gets indicted on accounting fraud. But he disappeared to protect her. And honestly, we shouldn't say anymore. Let's stop that. We listen to the whole audiobook on Audible while driving in the car on road trips. And you should too. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash tboy or text tboy to 500-500. That's audible.com slash tboy or text tboy to 500-500. This is Nick. This is Jack. It's Thursday, the new Friday, October 5th. And today's podcast it is the best one yet. It is a T-Boy, Jack. Finally, yesterday stocks rose. A badly needed rebound, yet is nothing like a good old rebound pop. Investors should have been freaked out yesterday that our U.S. Congress remains leaderless. But somehow stocks jumped yesterday inexplicably. Also inexplicably, Nick and I whipped up another T-Boy today. Inexplicably, this is our best pod yet. Jack, first story <laughs> for the T-Boy. What do we got, man? FIFA, the World Cup, just announced their next host. Six countries are co-hosting the 2030 World Cup across three continents. Yetis, FIFA says this is to celebrate 100 years of soccer, but we say it's something else. For our second story, Airbnb is facing more crises right now than at any other time in its company history. So Airbnb isn't doing an apology tour. It's doing a pre-apology tour. And our third and final story is Tom Hanks. He went on Instagram this week to sell dental plans. Except that wasn't him. It was fake Tom Hanks. Yet he's just like COVID did. AI has just hit its Tom Hanks moment. Yetis, before we hit that wonderful mix of stories. I mean, just a wonderful mix. I love the mix, Jack. Do you feel that, Nick? What is going on here? It's not a good feeling what I'm feeling right now. What's that thing on my thigh, man? It's itchy. Yeah. What is that? It's bed bugs. Yes. Bed bugs are back, Yetis. Yetis, bed bugs are biting Americans all across 
across Europe right now. Here's the news. There is a bed bug epidemic happening in Paris. Get this. The French Minister of Transportation just said, don't let the bed bugs win. That's a loose translation. <laughs> it's a loose translation. Bed bug sightings have surged across Paris in the subway, in the movie theater seats, even in the airports. Besties, if you're at Charles de Gaulle Airport, Gate 34B, do not sit down. <laughs> no, treat the ground like it's lava too. You don't even want to touch that. Stay standing. Take out the hand sanitizer. Because bed bugs, they sound lazy. After all, they stay in bed all day. They can't fly. They can't jump. They're just bed bugs hanging out in bed. But bed bugs do love to travel, believe it or not. Turns out suitcases and bags are prime bed bug real estate, Jack. Yeah, bed bugs hitchhike. They're the hitchhikers of the bug world. Yeah, bed bugs. They're the stowaways on your Samsonites. Your carry-on luggage is carrying bed bugs onto the plane. <laughs> now, Jack, we should sprinkle on some more context here, shouldn't we? <laughs> there are two surprise reasons for the bed bug surge in Paris right now. First, unfortunately, Eddie's, it is annual bed bug season. Yeah, there's a historical pop in bed bugs during the fall. Summer travels over, but those bed bugs you brought home from the Berkshires, they remain. The second reason? cockroaches decline in the fall. And to drop some biology on you, cockroaches eat bed bugs. So less roaches, more bed bugs. It's an inverse relationship, Bill Nye. So Yetis, you went to Italy, you came back with an itch. You partied in Santorini and you returned with some irritation. Good night, sleep tight. And don't let the bed bugs bite. Yeah, they're already biting you, but don't bring them over here. You can keep them to yourself. <laughs> We're going to keep six feet on this one. Call the pest guy. Jack, get me some Thytastrosol. Yetis, let's hit our three stories. 15 years before this song, two boys from the Northeast met in the dorm. They had an idea to cause a cultural storm. It's the best one yet, but the best is the norm. Jack, Nick, that's it. I don't even think they need to practice. 50%, that's a fat tip. T-Boy City on your at list. If you know, you know, because we ready to go. We can't wait no more, so just start the show. Start the show. For our first story, FIFA just announced that six countries are co-hosting the 2030 World Cup. They say it's to celebrate 100 years of World Cups. We say it's something else. Yetis, this all begins below the equator. Jack, can we head on down to Uruguay? There you go. Uruguay. It was surprisingly the host and the winner of the very first World Cup 100 years ago in 1930. Now, Jack, we should sprinkle on some context here because Uruguay won't be hosting this World Cup per se. Yeah, Uruguay will just be hosting the first match of the 2030 World Cup. Right, because the 2030 World Cup is actually going to be hosted by Spain. And Portugal. And Morocco. Yeah. Yeah, those three countries are sharing the games, but it's actually four because it's Uruguay too. It's just four. We're set. It's four countries hosting the world. <gasps> oh, wait. There's going to be one match in Argentina. Okay, so that's five. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, and one more in Paraguay, too. Yetis, for those keeping <laughs> count at home because we know it's been tough, that is six countries on three continents for one tournament of the World Cup. That is the 2030 Men's World Cup Soccer Tournament. How many visas are you going to need to get to here, Jack? I think this doesn't sound like a soccer tournament. It sounds like an all-you-can-eat buffet extravaganza hosted by the Epcot Center. The Epcot every time. <laughs> Yetis, we got to point something out here. This six-country World Cup is a shocking departure from the tradition of one country hosting a major event. Yeah, with just one exception. 
every World Cup to date has been hosted by one country and one country only. They get all the attention in the world. That one country, it is an economic right that they and only they host the big soccer tournament. The one exception to that rule is in 2002, when Japan co-hosted with their neighbors across the water, South Korea. So Yetis, we're looking at the scoreboard here, and it looks like the tradition of one country hosting is now history. Yeah, multi-country is the new business model of global sports tournaments. For example, the upcoming 2026 World Cup. Who's hosting that, Jack? Three countries are co-hosting. The United States, Canada, and Mexico. And the next World Cup after that, Jack? That's the 2030 Games. Six countries are co-hosting. Spain, Morocco, Portugal, Uruguay, Argentina, Paraguay. Sit down, stand up, and stamp that passport. So after 22 World Cups, where one country was the host... The 23rd has three hosts. The 24th has six hosts. Now, Yetis, Jack and I understand the economics of why countries want to share the hosting responsibilities. First of all, it spreads out the cost, so it doesn't put all the burden on one government. Share the hosting, share the cost, not too shabby, save some cash. But it also amps up the hype because all these countries and all of their citizens can get excited. This is like a collab, isn't it, Jack? This is like Kim Kardashian doing something with Crocs. Yeah, these countries are basically collabing on an Instagram post. That is the World Cup. But here's what we wanted to know. Why is FIFA having six countries host the World Cup. FIFA says that in this divided world, they are bringing the world together to celebrate 100 years of the most beautiful game. But we think FIFA isn't UNICEF. So Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddies over in the sports industry? This is the cure for the takeover of global sports by dictators. Yetis, both the Olympics and the World Cup have had Awkward hosts lately. By awkward, we mean they've been hosted by oppressive dictator regimes. That is exactly what we mean. Because in 2008, 2014, 2018, and 2022 World Cups or Olympics, they were hosted by authoritarian regimes. Russia, China, and Qatar, they were happy to write a big check to win the global prestige of hosting these games. On the other hand, democracies who are accountable to voters on spending can't compete with all that authoritarian money. And that is why we see this new trend of co-hosting world competitions like the World Cup and the Olympics. If the games go to one country willing to spend the most, then the dictators win. But if co-hosting becomes the norm, then democracies can win. Because sharing hosting duties is the cure for the takeover of global sports by dictators. For our second story, Airbnb's CEO is going on all the news networks to say something is wrong with Airbnb. Because the best PR isn't good PR. It's PR that you control. Airbnb is fundamentally broken. That is the headline of an interview that Airbnb's co-founder and CEO Brian Chesky just did with Bloomberg. That barely Brian Chesky put on his hiking shoes this week and was running around hitting all the news networks, Jack. He was on Bloomberg. He was on Financial Times. He wasn't on T-Boy. He's welcome welcome anytime, Brian. We would love to have you. The core message of Brian Chesky this past week, we need to get our house in order. That was a literal quote from Brian Chesky from the interviews. Brian Chesky said this about Airbnb, the company he built. He said, we never built the foundation of the company. And then here's the interesting part. He used a house analogy. He said the house was built on four pillars. But it's so big, it needs 10 pillars. It actually makes sense that he did the house analogy. I didn't even see that till you mentioned it, Jack. I love it. Yeah, because his, his house is about... You were thinking at another level here. It's like an architect. For example, a pillar that Airbnb never built 
Customer service. Customer service. Like, you know, you show up at the treehouse Airbnb and it turns out it's a tree stump. Who do you call? It's not totally clear. There's like nobody to call. Remember I got evicted from my Air- New York City Airbnb? Classic West Village. I remember well. There was no customer service. So I ended up sleeping in your sister's old bedroom at your old place. Jack shows up knocking at the door. We welcomed him in at like 11 p.m. <laughs> not too shabby. Come on down. Katie's got a free bed. Because Airbnb never built the foundation. But yet he's, here's what Jack and I found fascinating about this story. 2023 has been an amazing year for Airbnb's stock, hasn't it, Jack? The stock is up 50% so far this year. Full disclosure, this is Nick, this is Jack. We own the shares. It's been a fun ride. Airbnb is now worth almost as much as Hilton and Marriott combined. combined. So while the stock's done really well, it's been a terrible year for Airbnb, news-wise. It's been the worst year for PR at Airbnb since Jack got evicted <laughs> from that Airbnb in the West Village. And I publicly shamed Airbnb by tweeting about them because it's the only way customer service would respond to me. Yeah, this is the kind of PR that even Emily in Paris can't <laughs> fix. Besides shareholders, every Airbnb stakeholder seems to be unhappy right now. For example, guests seem unhappy right now. A $300 cleaning fee? And I have a list of checkout chores. And the hosts are unhappy right now. Airbnb's made some changes that kind of shame hosts for those fees that they love so much. Governments are unhappy right now. New York City effectively banned Airbnb last month. And the super fans are unhappy right now. Rival Verbo, VRBO, they launched a loyalty program before Airbnb could. Even the trends are fighting Airbnb right now. Aggressive return to office policies mean tech workers can't work from Airbnb in Aruba. The only stakeholder who seems happy with Airbnb right now is Gwyneth Paltrow. Because <laughs> she put her Santa Barbara guest house on Airbnb and it's been sold out ever since. We jumped in T-Boy style. We can't get into that thing till 2026. And yet he's the reason Airbnb is in such a pickle is because they sit right between guests and hosts. Yeah, they're a platform. So both the guests and the hosts are unhappy. The guests want to pay less but the hosts want to be paid more. Brian Chesky's like Spider-Man when he's trying to hold that subway back and he's got cobwebs on both sides. You know that scene? Of course I know this scene. <laughs> and it must be hard. <laughs> Which is why Jack and I whipped up this takeaway. So Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddy Brian over at Airbnb? Airbnb knows that the best apology is a pre-apology. Yet he's during a time of crisis, the classic PR strategy is to control the narrative. Do the messaging on your terms. But Airbnb is trying to control the narrative before it even becomes a crisis. Airbnb isn't waiting for Bloomberg to write some comprehensive piece at the end of the year that's been a bad year. No, Airbnb is being proactive. They're hitting the interview circuit in anticipation in order to say, sorry, we hear you. So this isn't an apology. The way we see it, this is a pre-apology. Bloomberg didn't write the article about Airbnb. They wrote it with Airbnb. Now, besties, a pre-apology, it's not a bad thing the way we see it. It's both the right thing to do morally and the right thing for Airbnb's business. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Yeah, he's how good is the feeling of finally getting something off your chest? You've been wanting to say it. You've been waiting to say it. But you bottled it up. In Waspy, Vermont, where I grew up, we didn't talk much about our problems. We were encouraged to keep them to yourself. Yetis, bottling up your feelings is just horrible for you because eventually it blows up with an outburst and then while it's stewing, it makes your whole stomach feel terrible. We encourage you to get it off your chest. And the perfect place to do that is therapy. You will not believe how good it feels to say something that has been left unsaid and you can practice with a therapist and then end up telling your loved ones the best way possible later on. You don't have to tell them, but you could. It's 100% up to you. Oh, and by the way, 
what you tell your therapist remains completely confidential. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash T-Boy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash T-Boy. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. For our third and final story, Tom Hanks is promoting dental insurance on Instagram, except it's fake. Yeti's AI deepfakes just crossed the Tom Hanks threshold. The first besties, a wise man once said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. For example, you open up your Instagram and you see Tom Hanks is selling you dental plans. Tommy, what are you doing over there? You want to insure your molars? Okay, Tom. Tom Hanks endorses this tooth insurance. There's nothing more comforting when it comes to your mouth than the preferred dental plan of Mr. Rogers. Except Yeti's. That wasn't the real Tom Hanks. No, besties, it was a freakishly realistic AI version of Tom Hanks. The real Tom Hanks went on social media to make this announcement. Yeah, he said, beware, there is an AI version of me going around. I have nothing to do with it. It's not me. And it's not just Tom Hanks, actually. No, get this. In the last 48 hours, Gail King of CBS and Mr. Beast of YouTube, they just had the same thing happen to them. All three are victims of AI impersonation known as deepfakes. And now, Yetis, we have seen deepfakes before. It's not new. It's actually one of the top classic threats of artificial intelligence. It's basically visual misinformation. Deepfakes are manipulated. Fake images and videos that are so real looking, you can't tell it's fake. They've been used recently in some political ads to make you think a politician said something when they actually didn't. But here's why Jack and I wanted to cover this story. This Tom Hanks incident, it stands out because of a unique plot twist. Tom Hanks has been a pioneer of AI in Hollywood. Tom Hanks is the OG of AI in Hollywood. Remember the movie Polar Express? Childhood classic. 2004 digitally animated Christmas flick. Well, you may remember Tom Hanks was kind of in that movie, wasn't he, Jack? It stars an AI version of Tom Hanks. Yeah, that conductor of the Polar Express train is an AI Tom Hanks. And that's why last year Tom Hanks spoke about the potential of AI to monetize him as an actor Forever. Tom said that he could pitch a movie today as a 61-year-old, but starring a 32-year-old version of himself using AI. He said that he could get hit by a bus tomorrow and die, but his career could go on starring his AI. Yetis, Tom Hanks is one of the most outspoken actors on the challenges and opportunities of AI. And he just got AI'd without his permission to sell dental insurance on TikTok. I didn't even know dental insurance was a thing. And I don't think Tom knew it either, Jack. So, Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddy Tommy Hanks and the whole tech industry? AI just crossed the Tom Hanks threshold. Ah, Yeti's the Tom Hanks threshold. That's when a major global risk isn't taken seriously until it happens to Tom Hanks. When the public ignores a risk until their favorite fatherly actor is impacted. For example, Jack, does the date March 12th, 2020 mean anything to you? Yes, it does. That's the day we all got a ping on our phone that Tom Hanks 
had coronavirus. Honestly, besties, before March 12th, COVID was a foreign worry. But after Tom Hanks got COVID, then it became real. The same goes for AI. Experts have been warning about the risk of deepfakes for years. But only now are we paying attention because it got Tom Hanks. Now, there's no clear plan from Instagram or TikTok or Twitter on how we're going to fight this misinformation. And the actor strike is still trying to find a solution to AI questions in Hollywood. But in the meantime, it finally has the public's attention. Because AI deepfakes just crossed the Tom Hanks threshold. When it happens to Tom Hanks, it happens to all of us. (laughs) Jack, can you whip up the takeaways for us for the new Friday? FIFA is letting six countries co-host the 2030 World Cup. They say to unite the world. We say that the cure for sports washing by dictators is co-hosted games. For our second story, Airbnb CEO is conceding that his company has lots of issues that have to be fixed. But great PR means not doing an apology. It means doing a pre-apology. And our third and final story, Tom Hanks and other celebrities are being impersonated by AI deepfakes. Maybe now we'll pay attention to the risks of AI because it just crossed the Tom Hanks threshold. Well said! (laughs) (laughs) Run, Tom, run. But yet, this pod's not over. Yet. Here's what else you need to know today. First, the latest strike for Hot Strike Summer, it's healthcare company Kaiser Permanente. 75,000 Kaiser workers are now on strike. It's the largest strike of healthcare workers in U.S. history, and it began yesterday. And second, we just had the hottest September in recorded history by almost a full degree Fahrenheit. And that's why the Pope just wrote a letter to the Catholic world acknowledging human-caused climate change. And finally, Krispy Kreme is selling off their insomnia cookie business. They're not going to sell any more cookies at Krispy anymore. Instead, Krispy Kreme is doubling down on donuts. (laughs) They're just going all in on glazed over there. That's why I own stock of this company. Honestly, we respect the attention to detail and the focus. Do one thing and do it deliciously. And now time for the best fact yet. This one sent in by Yeti Ali Baron from lovely Humble, Texas. On Monday, we told you in this pod about pandiplomacy. Pandiplomacy, panda diplomacy. It's when China lends out its pandas to zoos across the world to build relationships with those countries. But now, because of rising tensions with China, China's taken back those pandas. But here's the funny fact that Ali sent us. There's actually a complication with the Chinese pandas that they lent to Mexico. The two Chinese pandas in Mexico had a baby in Mexico. So technically that baby panda in Mexico is a Mexican panda and Mexico can keep that panda. They're keeping it. It's like birthright citizenship. It's a strange combination of pandiplomacy and immigration issues all in one panda. And the National Geographic magazine calls that panda, Shinshin, the one panda in the world that does not belong to China. Yetis, you look fantastic today. And remember, if you see a buddy of yours itching a little bit today, just tell them H-Y-H-T-B-O-Y. Tell them to scratch themselves and then say, have you had the best one yet? They'll listen to our pod and then they'll realize they probably have bed bugs. The takeaway, bring cockroaches into your home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. That's the solution. (laughs) Yetis, we'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) 
And before we go, a happy 71st birthday to Alan Rosenfeld, who's celebrating by selling his Peloton stock and buying Apple stock. That sounds wise. And happy birthday to Kevin Dwyer, celebrating on the edge of the world out in Montauk. And Tyler Frederick, enjoy that birthday down in Washington, D.C. And happy birthday to Diego Sierra in El Paso, Texas. And Hono and Lulu, happy five-year wedding anniversary down in San Jose. Have a fantastic dinner tonight. Congratulations to Reed and Sydney Tattersall, who are celebrating an anniversary in the Santa Rosa Valley. And Zach Temple just got a new home and a new job in Panama City Beach, looking sharp down in Florida. And a huge shout out to Kevin Lustgarden, who just launched his first social app, Unspoken Social. This app connects you through one interesting question every day. Like, have you had the best one yet? (laughs) (laughs) And to anyone else who's celebrating something today, make it a T-boy. Celebrate the wins. This is Jack. I own stock of Krispy Kreme, and Nick and I both own stock of Apple, Peloton, and Airbnb. It's not a soccer tournament. It sounds like an all-you-can-eat buffet at Epcot. (laughs) Dude, you bring Epcot into the show a lot, and I love it. It's actually a great geopolitical punching bag. If you like the best one yet, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. And before you go, tell us a little bit about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. We want to get to know you. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand, Drunk Elephant, was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show, How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. For more deep dive and daily business content, listen to Wondery, the destination for business podcasts. With shows like How I Built This, Business Wars, and many more, Wondery means business.